Welcome to the Create Faith Podcast. We're back. It's been a while, I'll admit, but we're finally back. And uh, for those of you who are new, this podcast is dedicated to those who are spirit-led creatives, uh, living at the crossroads of spirituality and creativity. We uh, talk with our fellow artists, we talk with industry professionals, we talk with any and everyone who is uh, filled with the spirit and filled with creativity. So I'm your host, Sharice Luter, and you can find out a little bit more about, more about me on uh, the website, Create Faith Co., which is new. And um, also, you can listen to this podcast on uh, SoundCloud and Stitcher and iTunes, as always. But we're also on Libsyn. So if that's where you get your podcast, you can now get Create Faith there and on Google Play. So um, I think that's all the housekeeping. Let's get started with the episode. gonna be like <laughs> it'll, it'll be fun hi everybody <laughs> um <laughs> at this point in time oh and i'm getting over the flu so um there's a good chance i'm gonna cough i'll try to cut them out and in my i'll try my hardest but if there's something good being said you're gonna hear coughing but it's flu season 2018 <laughs> <laughs> so, 2018. You're in the right year. Okay. Flu season 2018. Look it up. It is bad in these streets. Look it up. So, um, excuse my coughing. But um, we are back. Like I said in the intro, I'm very excited to um, have more episodes coming out. I I'm, have missed doing this, and so I'm, I'm just overjoyed to be back. For this episode, I have a very special guest with me. Yay! It's my husband. I'm special. Yay! Um, his name's Keith. That's me. Hi, guys. I've uh, we we've known each other for oh my God, twenty years. Ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah, and been married for twelve, going on thirteen. Have two amazing, hilarious kids. Um, and I'm so happy to have him on the show. I don't think this will be the last time. Maybe we'll have him do some interviews with some people that he thinks would be able to share some great stuff with you guys. But um, for now, he is the interviewee. I am going to let him tell us his creation story. So, Keith, can you tell us how you found God and how you found your creative self, your 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 art? Sure. Before I do that... Um... Uh, thank you ahead of time for throwing me in the grits. Yes, with, no problem. We're going to have him on here and he's going to do interviews. Good good to know. Good to know how I found God in my creation story. So I have to do this in reverse. At the age of five, five and a half, we moved into our first house from an apartment in New Orleans. Not we as in you and me. Not you and me, no. <laughs> God, no. They said 20 years. No. So my family and I, my mom, my dad, my brother, and our dog moved into a home in New Orleans. And I was, I remember moving there five, five and a half years old. And all of a sudden it just felt like we were super rich because we had two, we had a den and a living room and both of them had TVs and the den had this real super amazing CD equipment and all that. Wait, CDs weren't out yet. Cassettes. Yeah, we so we had cassettes and vinyl. Oh man, aged. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember playing playing the cassettes and the and the and my dad's vinyls, and realizing I love music. It made me happy. It calmed me down. It got me excited. It did everything like every emotion I could ever feel. I felt through music and felt like I communicated more with the music I listened to than the people I actually lived with. So, five and a half years old, loved music, learned how to sing by listening to all these artists, Al Green, Marvin Gaye, 
Brian McKnight take six like Luther Vandross all those people just trying to mimic them so that was my I really like this I, how do they do this I tried to figure it out and I, that's when I was like I love to sing I love making music so I did that until the age of 18 where I was in Dallas at my aunt and my uncle's apartment <laughs> I'm downstairs vacuuming the floor and blasting uh, Kirk Franklin so Silver and Gold's playing and I'm vacuuming watching the TV while I'm vacuuming I'm doing the motions and all of a sudden I felt I had this heavy feeling but heavy but light feeling like a weight was lifted off of my shoulders but also like I don't know how to explain it uh, I guess what one would one would call a Holy Spirit feeling didn't so let me back up didn't grow up in church I don't care what my mom says or my dad did not grow up in church we went and I knew that's the guy that says some words and then we out of here and going to like get some food and go on the lakefront <laughs> <laughs> possibly go get a daiquiri depending on my age so I'm at my in in their living room <laughs> Young and the rest is on the TV Kirk Franklin silver and gold blasting while I'm vacuuming again felt that feeling and I literally just fell to my knees and started crying no idea what it was confused again did not grow up in church so I'm just like I don't know what this is my uncle was in school he was in attending seminary at the moment at the time I was I was there I called him and said I feel weird I'm not afraid though but what is this can you explain it to me and I was like I'm 18 but I feel like I'm like 12 when I call him and, and explain this to him and he said that's called the Holy Spirit that's what God is and blah 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 and I was just like yeah so you already lost me because I don't know I don't know any of this and he took off for the rest of the day came home and we just hung out and he talked to me about God and that was my introduction to God not in a church not in a service not in a sanctuary not at a on a corner somebody ministering or right most forcing a pamphlet think, down my yeah most people think a person is just going to be yeah responsible for bringing you to God yeah my God experience was all by myself and still hilarious and strange and interesting to this day so if Kurt Franklin ever hears this, he's I'm just gonna send you a message. <laughs> You're welcome. I know. <laughs> no, he'll probably uh, he'll probably say something like, "I have some silver and gold for you," but he said you'd rather have Jesus. He'll probably do something. But yeah, that's my long-winded story. No, long-winded. No. That was good. That was good-winded. That was medium-winded. So the the topic that we were gonna talk about was um, toxic emotions and the idea that what's keeping you from experiencing the, your full creative self or um, being able to bring whatever's in your mind and make it actually happen is not, it's not just, you know, life barriers like finances or timing or you know you need the new job or you know you have bills to pay things like that but also things that are happening inside your mind in your heart that keep you from they keep you from exploring who God meant for you to be in your creative life and we've been having a lot of conversations about that and and doing a lot of healing work yeah. um, the last couple of months uh, which I find it very interesting that that healing work started when success started coming yeah it wasn't it wasn't when we were like you know in a one-bedroom you know scripting and just just trying to make it to the next day <laughs> it was like the most intense healings that we had to work towards started when bills were completely taken care of money was no longer a worry yeah. 
and you know kids in good schools and and there what would be considered the moment where you could breathe a sigh of relief and have some peace was the moment that guy was like and guess what it's one thing to say i want to heal it's another thing to say from from what to know from what yeah so how is it that you even how how do you even identify what could be plaguing you what's that thorn in your side to then start saying okay because at that point you may not even know what to pray for or how to to take the steps to heal so how did you how did you even identify what needed to be addressed i basically uh like you said i've been on we've both been on an emotional healing journey and it got to a point for me where it was just like either take responsibility for my emotions my decisions and everything and change find out what it is fight it break it change it whatever or let it continue and eventually lose everything lose myself lose you lose the kids because I'm being controlled by my emotions and that was what June or July that was my breaking point it was like I said me taking responsibility uh, for my my decisions and my emotions uh, to figure out what emotions and what I had to deal with being a a Christian a spirit led believer I know I believe in generational curses and I know I know my mom I know my dad I know my family the uh the real life craziness that it is and I pretty much got two sheets of paper listed out all the things nobody's name just listed out all the things that are on each side of the family and I put my dad's last name on one page my mom's last maiden name on the other page and just listed out all the craziness that comes from each family and by 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 craziness craziness, i mean like mean like the um, things that um the negative things the patterns the yeah the um what people would call generational curses which you know are are negative patterns that you see every year after year group after group every, uh, when a new generation is born into the family it's passed on just like people yeah. pass on jewelry and inheritances people can also pass on negative emotions just like you know they ask they might ask you know if you could possibly be an alcoholic they ask what's your family history yeah just like they do for like diabetes yeah cholesterol all that i want to i want to i don't know you say passed on because i know how destructive those curses were for me i almost want to call almost want to say i contracted them like a like a disease yeah like i was given something that i didn't deserve to carry right but because of spiritual curses known and unknown mm-hmm. it's in it's in my bloodline but because god gave me the ability the people around me and the support of you and the kids i was able to seek god and direction and instruction on how to begin breaking those curses right some i still i'm still battling but sorry can we take a minute and just talk about that for one second like I know I had curses to break, but there are so many people that are just like, no, this is just me. Yeah. that. And the realization, yeah. the re- I'll call it the revelation. We might get a little churchy, guys. I didn't grow up in church, but I can get a little churchy. Well, we are spirit-led. Yes, yes, so. yes. I thank God for giving me the clarity, really not even putting my back up against the wall, putting me in a tiny room of four mirrors to see like yo you messed up you're a little you're a little strange you look crazy i'm trying to show you that i can help you but i need you to look at yourself right because i can't help you until you admit this is what's wrong right and i'm grateful that he did that it hurt 
emotionally, but I now have less baggage on my back and now my kids are free from those things because I decided to take responsibility for what I know of and break. I feel like whenever I hear someone, I see someone doing something negative or destructive pattern and their answer for it is, well, that's just me, is the complete opposite of the taking responsibility. Oh, yeah. Like you, and and I used to say that. I used to say, you know, get mad at people for calling me out for the things that were I was doing because I'd feel like, well, that's how God made me. God don't make mistakes, you know, and, and God's up there like, yo, don't bring me in. No, no, <laughs> no. God's up there eating a the tuna sandwich. Like, why you, why you saying my name? No, I ain't got nothing to do with this. One of the things that I realized was for as long as I don't take responsibility for my actions, I don't have to be held accountable you know, if, if you don't if you don't take responsibility for the people that or the things you've done that have hurt people, you don't have to humble yourself to say sorry. At all. Or At all. or if you don't take responsibility for the fact that you aren't stepping out and doing what needs to be done to bring on whatever success, you're then you can you're allowed to complain to God every day that you don't have the money you want, you don't have the car you wanna drive, you don't have the house you wanna live in. You know that 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 story where you know the person's praying. They're in the middle, in the the middle of a, a flood or something yeah. like that on a rooftop, and they pray and God's and praying God to um, save to them. save them. And he sends a guy in a boat, and they're like, "Oh no, no, God's gonna save me. I'm praying. God's gonna save me." And the guy in the boat keeps rowing away, and then God sends a helicopter, and then the person says, "Oh no, no." You know, God's gonna save me. I'm good. I'm good. Then somebody come, somebody else comes with like an inner tube, and they're like, "Oh no, no, God's gonna save me." So over and over and over again, God has shown them ways out of their situation, but they're so hell bent on not seeing that they have to take action that they end up staying on that roof yeah. forever. I've been that person. I also know people that are still like that, and it's it's an easy way to blame God. To, to blame God for not rescuing you because you're just like oh, well I'm waiting on God no you're not you are possibly so afraid to activate your faith that you just want to keep blaming God for your fears yeah and it's like I talked to um, I think oh sorry uh, no no so I, I talked to somebody, somebody today and um, they were just like you know I'm I'm just going to be still and know that he's God. And I said, yeah, that's not what that means. Paraphrasing that scripture, it's like be still means in your heart, in your spirit, be still. Let a tornado be going going off around you. But be still. Trust in him 100%. That doesn't mean... Stand there. Yeah, I'm going to be still. No, I'm not, I'm not going anywhere today. I'm just going to wait on God. You can wait on God all you want. He's saying be still in your heart, in your spirit. Mm-hmm. Go to work. You got bills. <laughs> I would say fear is the great generational curse. Yes. And then there's just all these ways that it's manifested. And fear is the great toxic emotion. It's the wanting to get away from and and what's the dull the pain or distract yourself from the thing that you want to do mm-hmm. that fear is keeping you from doing. Yeah. So the only way to do the thing that you want to do is to face the fear, rid yourself of the toxic emotion or the generational curse, mm-hmm. and then move forward. But how okay so you've sat down you've written out all the things that you think are plaguing you generational curses fears unforgiveness yeah unforgiveness is a big one Un, ooh, that one's one thing that i had to deal with a lot um pride is really big in my family we're so we're so prideful that it's become normal to think, oh no, this is just us. This is who we are. This is 
this is insert last name no it's not it's not us that's you that's what you're deciding to hold on to and that's not god's that's not his his vision for you at all so you have you know you have pride you have unforgiveness which in in my family is that's what we go to from what i've seen um letting things fester leaving things unsaid but acting towards that person with with anger so that person may not even know that they've offended you and your response is well you should know um just cutting people off and just saying i i'm done with that i'm done with you i'm not i don't want to even put forth the effort in forgiving you or letting this go so i'm just gonna move on because happier days are around the corner but the problem with that is if you're never willing to put forth the effort to to invest and to seriously let someone in happy days will always be just around the corner yeah they'll never be in your lap they'll always be around the corner and you'll always be looking and you'll always be hunting and searching and you'll never find it because happy days usually happen at, I mean, there's a happy valley after a mountain, but you're constantly like, ah, this, I, I'm, I'm at, I'm at a thousand feet. Mm, I'm good. Go back to the valley. And then you're wondering why you're not in the happy valley, but it's on the other side of the mountain. But that was a whole nother, I went on a tangent, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, the act of healing once you find it once you find whatever that emotion is it's it what's interesting is i expected to heal and then be and then these creative floodgates would just open and pour forth and it was actually the other way around it was me being a writer once i started writing again even if it was just journaling that was the thing that unlocked the healing and actually that was the thing that i felt like created like rebuilt the bridge between me and god that those toxic emotions had torn down but i expected it i thought when my healing comes then i'll be able to write that book yeah or then when my healing comes then i'll be able to you know get my podcast right you know so the same situation as the person in the middle of the ocean waiting on god to send right help but help has been help is there not in the way you see it yeah. so for you though I don't, I don't know if if that was that way for you or if it was flipped for you where healing came first and then being able to be settled in and and let the creativity flow which how did that work so for me it was it was almost like a 12-step process but um, I want to say this first. Uh, a few days ago, Will Smith, actor, posted something about responsibility and fault. Hmm. And he said, uh, he was having a conversation with one of his friends, and he said that she kept saying, but it's, th it's somebody's fault. It's always somebody's fault. And he was just like, possibly, but whose responsibility is it? And... I think I watched it like seven times. It, it's amazing. Like it's starting to go around the internet. I'm so glad he finally got on Instagram. But he like, he said everything that I've learned and actually pretty much put into practice since June, July of 2017. I wasn't able to, tr my healing didn't begin. My healing began after I stopped putting fault on people. Well, it's my dad's fault of this and it's my mom's fault of this it's my grandfather's fault of this and it's my great-grandmother's fault of this it might be their fault but it's my responsibility to change how it how it, if it can if it continues how it continues or or if it's just gone <laughs> yeah because at some point in time it becomes your decision right and not just a generational curse you've decided now right like i can't be a 38 year old man saying well my dad was never there so what my dad is a great man he worked to give us everything that we we needed and wanted and instead of blaming him for not being there how i wanted i accepted that that was his way of showing love 
yeah taking care of me it's like it's no longer his fault because he didn't know what i wanted or needed at that time i didn't tell him you didn't know i mean depending on what age you were right that's true and as a man i'm not it's not even black men as a man you're not taught how to communicate communicating is for women for men you're just not taught how to communicate however when we when you get with your boys your friends you're like man so and so tripping and this that and other it's the same thing but we're releasing how we feel to the wrong person mm. like if you if you upset me tradition has taught me i'm gonna go talk to somebody else mm. over over some beer some some good scotch and i'll feel better when in all actuality i need to come and talk to you because you're the person that upset me only then will i'm kind of going off a tangent but only then will that healing actually take place for my dad we've had maybe two or three conversations and it's gotten better to the point where three days i think january 3rd of this year of 2018 he called me and said we're going to talk more we're going to communicate more. And he said, I haven't done my part because you call me and text me a lot more than, than I do. But I'm going to do better. And I said, if you don't, this is enough. I don't think I would have gotten there if I didn't take responsibility mm-hmm. for how I wanted the, how I wanted everything to play yeah. out. Like you had a, a vision of what your life should have been that went uncommunicated. He failed at living up to that. Expect, unspoken uh, expectation. Expectation. Yeah. And then you blamed him for not living up to the expectation that you had that you didn't even yeah. share. I think a lot of us have. Every, yeah, I think I it's think, everybody. Yeah. And um, what's interesting is when you let it go is when God was like, all right, now I'm going to do my thing. Yeah. Instead of it, it – because, you know, usually you're taught – you keep praying about it and you keep praying about it and you keep praying about it but in your instance you were like I'm gonna do my part in letting this be and 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 just count yourself as I'm healed even if this is it first the first thing was I sat in how it made me feel like I went back to 12 year old Keith and I just sat in the emotions of what I didn't get and almost like held a 12-year-old Keith and said, it's okay. Now you can fix it for your kids. And mm. while I was sitting in that pain and that I wish my dad, I wish my dad, I wish my dad, at some point I knew, I, I would, I knew what I wanted to do, but even the Holy Spirit came in and said, okay, that's enough. Stop wishing, start doing. And... I was just like, okay, it's time to move on. I've mourned all I can mourn, and now I have to be, I have to become the best dad that God will show me how to be for my kids. I love that you said you mourned. It It is something worthy of mourning. Yeah, it's something I didn't get. Yeah, and, and it's and just like losing someone is something that you need to sit in and process. Not receiving something that you desperately needed. Having those things missing in your childhood especially, that's something to mourn. Because it's something you, you, it feels like a loss even though you never received it. Right. I love that you use mourning because usually we only attribute that to death. Like that's the only true hurt that needs to be treated with that type of seriousness. Like, yeah. I, I just love that you use mourning in connection with that because that's how serious an issue and how how critical it was that you you dealt with it in that type of way. I mean, to put it into perspective, all of the emotions from twelve year old Keith held every toxic emotion from my childhood. The my dad didn't do this, my mom didn't do this, my brother didn't do this, so and so didn't do this, and. I'd say until up until last year, 12-year-old Keith made decisions for 38, 37-year-old Keith. I remember you talking about that. I, yeah, talk about and that. And like, <laughs> like um, when I went to Utah, 
I would, we went there, I was just like, okay, so here's our budget, this is what we're spending, okay, cool. Went there, blew that. Not because I wanted to go against what we decided, but because I let the emotions of 12-year-old Keith take over and say, you deserve this, you need this, go ahead and do this, show people how much money you can spend at this event. And nobody cared. Those people didn't, those people don't even remember I like, <laughs> went there. Right. Some of them probably just thought, like, who's that guy? Like, do we need to call security or something? Yeah. I'm joking. No. <laughs> and then God made it to where I had to take responsibility for 12-year-old Keith's decision in my 37-year-old life, where the Holy Spirit told you, um, you're not going to be happy about this, Sharice, but look at the bank account. Nudge, nudge. Yeah, which then, I never do when we're like in middle of a pay period or whatever. You never do, period. I know. I I check it. I check it when I want to go go do something. Exactly. <laughs> like when you want to go buy something, right? You look at the account, then you come to me and say so. <laughs> but but I, <laughs> I at that point it was my fault that I went over what we had discussed. And I made the decision to take responsibility for that mistake and that mess up. And we had that conversation about that. And that was, I'd say that was the beginning of my realization of I have some healing to do. Like, how do I get, how do, how do I pretty much not put 12 year old Keith in the room in the back of my mind, but let him know, hey, it's okay, I got this. And I'm yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna do for my wife and my kids what my dad couldn't do. Not overboard. Right. Because you don't want to go the opposite way. Right. Yeah. I don't want to. What is it? Become overbearing. Right. Right. So that's a that's a daily daily challenge to be honest mm -hmm. with you and with the kids because I saw how my I saw my parents' marriage and I know what I want for ours. And the two, don't, the two don't mirror. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But I know what I want for hours. I have to do certain things and do my best to make sure I don't fall into the generational curse or practice of what I saw my parents do. Right. Knowing Especially I don't want, I wouldn't want a partic that particular thing or a particular thing to be in our marriage. Especially when stressful times come. Yes. Because it's so, it, it feels like you can you can handle it when things are are okay but when stress comes is when you hit your default se setting yeah and default setting usually is well i shouldn't say default setting isn't god but i'll say when you hit that default button the enemy is like let's do this you know let's draw up all this old stuff let's bring yeah. forth all these old habits and and all of a sudden you're like in the midst of something that you thought you were freed from. And for me, that's how I know I'm overwhelmed or stressed is, you know, if I want to, like my perfectionist tendencies, that's a part of my toxic emotions. Um, and I know when I become hypercritical, I'm stressed. Or when I just feel like I'm sucking at everything yeah. I know I'm stressed or I'm overwhelmed or even even I haven't gotten enough sleep. Once you once you know what emotions you deal with or are have have dealt with when they when you've done the work and you are in the path on the path to healing and they come back, then they don't they don't become how you live your life. If anything, they just become these red flag moments like Oh, red flag, because just now I felt this thing or I thought this thing. So red flag, what's going on with my life? Yeah. And so actually that's that whole like, minute for my good. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because then toxic emotions become stress management tools almost. They become they become these 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 red flags for you and you can use them. Um, I, I remember telling you about how my um my tendency towards envy i began using it as a compass towards what i really wanted in life yeah 
because um, envy is another toxic emotion that I'll feel that I'll have but then I realized okay the definition of envy is you wanting something someone else has and so I thought all right well I would see people who have amazing blogs and are building a platform and I see I'll see people who are speaking and writing books and and I would feel envious and I thought well maybe that's because I'm meant to do those things and I'm not fulfilling that and so envy has set in and so let's start trying to do those things let's start working towards those things and the envy would go away at God, tambourine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish y'all could see what she just did. Can we please stop with the Uh-oh. the devil thought he had me and he, he tried to trick me and blah, blah, blah. No, sometimes you decided to do that on your own. <laughs> like, let's, <coughs> let's just take responsibility. There are moments where there is a temptation somewhere and there are other moments where it's just like, my toxic emotions are taking over, so I'm deciding I'm going to go do this. And there was no temptation at all. I'm going to go do me. Yeah, you gave into mm-hmm. your emotion. And stop blaming the devil for your decisions, for our decisions. We need to stop that. And also, we need to stop giving the devil glory for something he had nothing to do with. Hey. Nothing at all. Hey. Really bestowing wanting, power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um... Was that the Greek gods? They only exist because people worship them. Yeah. And it's like. (laughs) It's like. In Utah, when I spent that money, that wasn't there. There was I know for a fact there was no you should spend that money and and go do this. One day there was the second day. No, it was just like, I got money. I'm going to do this. I deserve these books. I've so it's them. almost like you had adopted the first day's whisper became your voice. Right. And it's like the first day was, go ahead, you should buy this, you should do that. That was the temptation. But the second day, I decided to stay in yeah. it. Yeah. Went from temptation to decision. Yeah. And there's a difference in that. That's the responsibility that we need to take. And um, But jumping to, I'd say... June, July, the end of July or August, somewhere in there, I did two a two-week emotional detox, and it was you were you were partially there. It was hell. So I did two week two weeks of what's supposed to be like a two-month detox. <laughs> I did it in two weeks because I wanted to be free. I was tired of. I was tired of being controlled by a 12-year-old. I was tired of carrying on these generational curses that I felt like I did not deserve to carry. Hmm. And I I did not give anybody any fault. I just told God, I want it done. Whatever you have to do, get it done. Get it out. I want your will in my life. And I cast... I also... So I made a list of my dad's family my mom's family and I made a list of what I what I saw and what needed to change in me and on one of on on my list one of the things was pride that I had also listed on my parents side and it's like some things were on both sides some things were on one side and some things some generational curses I don't want to call it a curse but some habits I started so I'm praying away all three lists at one time in two weeks that's supposed to take two months it was intense yeah and she was there like one day i looked at her i was like hey babe um everything's okay it's hunky dory can i can i i need like five minutes to go pray um you cool with that mm-hmm. she was like yeah i'll watch sure, the kids i got the kids in the living room I'll i turn walked on. in <laughs> i walked in the room closed the door and let out the most blood curdling scream ever because the feeling that I felt was like every negative thing that anyone could ever feel is what I felt trying to creep into my brain, trying to blame Sharice for things, trying to blame our son for things, blame our daughter, blame my parents. And those are all the, those are all things 
real and unreal that I that I wanted to be free from. And that scream had so much pain in it, like I don't know if any of you have ever felt like I want to get I want to be free from this and I don't know how and all yeah. I all I know how to do is scream. Yeah. And that's what that scream was. And I come out of I scream, you know, anoint myself with some with some oils and walk back into the living room and just sit down like, "Hey guys, what's going on?" And Sharice is looking at like at me like, "What the hell? What happened?" <laughs> like Lord, did he just did he just transition? Like, do I need to take the kids? Do I need to call my mom because it was it was real, it was kind of lunatic. I'll be honest, but I needed to get that scream out. And after that scream, a lot of things got easier. Hmm. But every day I had to. I started, I started affirmations saying that this is who I am in God. <laughs> and. I didn't even focus on this is who I'm not. Mm. I just focused on this is who I am. Because I knew I knew who I was. I didn't need to acknowledge that person. I needed to acknowledge the person that I wanted to be, that I was in God, which was part of that um part of that detox. And also acknowledge Paul. That's what I thought. The th- oh the okay yeah go ahead. yeah so, so so Paul was the one that wrote about having a thorn in your flesh, and that means that doesn't mean like an addiction that doesn't mean it could, but it's the thorn in your flesh is something that God uses to keep you humble, hmm. not to tempt you because God doesn't tempt us, so. I prayed to God and I was just like, Lord, I'm sure I have a couple of thorns. If there's something I can do to be delivered from these thorns, let me know. Because I would love to be free in all ways, mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And God said, there's some things I need you to keep because I need you humble. Hmm. And I was like, I was like, what do you mean? I am humble. He was like, you just prayed to me about pride. How are you? You're very that, humble. That is the definition of humble. Someone who says, yes. I am humble. <laughs> Let me show you how humble I am. Like, <laughs> I'm the most humble person right. you will ever meet. <laughs> and Corner just, the market. <laughs> I'm humble. Like that movie. That I am, pie. I am filled with Christ's love. And she threw that the pie, Bible at him. They named it after me. <laughs> humble pie. <laughs> But, um, yeah, it was a really intense two weeks. I feel like I'm, I'm not on it. I'm not on an emotional detox, but I'm very aware now of a feeling or emotion related to fear. Yeah. I immediately go into, what is this? Yeah, same thing Why is it happening? It becomes a red flag or or a, yeah, just say red flag, yeah. Yeah, and it's the... I'll be honest and say, and you let me know if this is true on your end, I feel like since the emotional detox, our conversations have gone from, well, I think this and I think that. Well, you should be looking for understanding. And Robert, I am understanding to this is how this made me feel. There's a lot more coming to conversations with the idea of um, I may have played a part mm-hmm. in what's going on as opposed to this is all your fault yeah. and you better deal with it and fix it. You know, it's, it's coming in. It's even, even just coming to the place of, I may be reading this entire situation wrong and how I'm a, and, and how you just made me feel could have been so off the mark and so unintended that I'm the one saying, sorry at the end of it all and I was the one who brought it up as the offend I'm thinking I'm the offended person and in the end I realized oh no that was my bad and I'm sorry and so and and that was a huge jump for us yeah you know you may do something or say something you mean no harm by it but because this a similar situation growing up 
upset me or affected me, all that blame that I never addressed is now put on your shoulders at no fault of yours. Yeah. Like you're making me pay the price for someone else's sin. Yeah. 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 And it's like, that's the kind of stuff that I, that I detox from. That's the kind of stuff that I healed from. Right. Because even, uh, I told you a couple of days ago with, with our son, I, uh, I was sitting with him, we were doing his homework, or we were reading, and I remember getting the feeling of, I don't want to do this, why are we reading, why are we doing Why are we doing this homework, and I immediately, while reading, or whatever we were doing, I had a separate conversation in my brain, and I was just like, what is this, why am I upset with him, he had nothing to do with this, he, had, there, he wasn't on the earth long enough to upset me, like, what, what's going on? And I immediately uh, realized, and the Holy Spirit revealed that you're mad at him because he's getting what you wanted from your dad. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I immediately, <coughs> I looked at him and I said, "Hey, buddy, give me, give, give daddy like a second. I need to do something." I walked away and asked God. I was just like, "Help me to not treat my son bad for what because of." all of this stuff that he had nothing to do with. I cast it into your hands. I cast the fear and anger into your hands as well. Walked back, read to him, and it was actually a better, better, it was a better moment because we started laughing. Yeah. Like we had more fun because I was all in at that moment when before I wasn't and I didn't know why. That was growth in and of itself. Just the fact that you were aware enough to ask God, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, instead of just going with the feeling. Yeah. And let your emotion decide what was going to happen next. Because then that's a surefire way of continuing a generational curse. Yeah. And let, I mean, because if, if you had let your emotions get the best of you, you would have probably walked away and just said, finish reading on your own. And then we have a daddy wasn't there for me thing. <laughs> daddy wasn't there for me? I hate reading. I hate reading. Yeah. Like spelling. <laughs> like all of that and I would have started continued one generational curse and started Maybe a new one. Created another one, yeah. And I don't want to do that. Yeah. I'm sure I know we're going to mess them up in some way. Right. They they a, a therapy bill yeah. will be paid at some point. But if there's <laughs> if there is one less curse that I can break so they don't have to carry it, I will do that. Yeah. So do you feel like now that you've gotten to the end of, not the end, it's always, it's a work in progress, but now that you've gotten to this place um, that you're now open to getting back to the music that it sounds like you haven't been 100% invested in since childhood, almost. Yeah, since I say since high school. Because you said, you know, I think you said 18. Yeah. And that, so that's 20, 20 years of, of. No real. I mean, and that went by investment. I mean, I don't mean like not participating because obviously you sing. I mean, you're on worship teams, you've done background vocals, you've, you know, there, there's participation, mm-hmm. but truly investing and letting God flow through you in that creative endeavor. Have you done that? Not 100% until maybe, this is what, the end of, end of January? Maybe two weeks ago? Yeah. Where, so... I told you before, used to read a lot as a kid. Right. Something happened, I just stopped reading. Now I'm starting to read all over again. Um, not a paid advertisement. Love Audible. I have several things there. Um, but if Amazon would like to sponsor I know. This. If you would like to sponsor Create Faith, please email. Um, I have, I've bought a book on Audible. The War of Art. Amazing. Uh, listen to your podcast. I listen to... Uh, Aaron Lindsay's podcast, which is like, yeah, that's a lot to digest. It's just like, okay, like that, that was weighted. That's not a podcast to listen to while you're like 
casually doing other things. Because you know, sometimes you're playing yeah. podcasts while cleaning the house yeah. or doing work or something. That is not one of those. War of Art. War of Art. Aaron Lindsay's um, podcast. Aaron Lindsay's podcast. I put links in all of, in the notes for all of this. Love his podcast. Love his heart and love his uh, his honesty and his transparency for sharing some of the things he shared. And just listening to that, um, so I love love the Bible, obviously. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. You know? Yeah, the truth of the Bible, not not pieces of it. I asked God, I was just like, okay, I love your word. I love your Holy Spirit. I love that you show me things. But just like you've made me a creative, point me to the other creatives that have written things, made music, drawn things to give me more not really inspire me but give me more insight on how to be a better me for you mm-hmm. and here comes Aaron Lindsay hey guys I got a podcast listen to this that and the other yeah. and he's throwing out um, one of his podcasts throughout like seven books yeah he's and, I'll, I'll actually link to that episode Yeah. specifically but you need to check out the entire podcast but I'll link to that that um, that one episode that had all his because it was a lot about this what we're talking about you know getting yourself right yeah 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 like you need you can't climb higher if you don't have the knowledge so right. he was just like read a book so you ask God to direct you to a, your fellow to fellow creatives that really could get you back in the the headspace yeah yeah and I've recorded like. I know I remember five. I may have recorded more, but I've recorded like five melodies. Some of them actually had like words, clear mm-hmm. lyrics to sing mm-hmm. to that melody. And like I saved them on my phone in Dropbox. I'm like, I got this and I'm just gonna record it. And one day I did it and I immediately remembered Stephen Furtick being like, If you guys are ever in Applebee's or somewhere and hear somebody in the bathroom going dun 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 he was like, "That's me. I, I'm hearing. I'm hearing a melody or a lyric, and I need to. I need to record it before I forget it. Because once it's gone, God's gonna give it to somebody else. Right. And I'm like, I want to be selfish now and be like, Ooh, I hear this. Let That's me do for this. Me. Yeah. <laughs> even if I need to share it with somebody else, I'll share it. Yeah. But I no longer want to miss my mark. Yeah. Because fear. Yeah. Toxic emotions are holding me back. Right. So I want. I w- you want it all. I, I want all, it all. All the things that God has for you. Yeah. So that was the end of, of our episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I want to give a special thanks to uh, to Keith for being on the show. I um, also want to give a special thanks to uh, Relevant Beats for the music you're hearing right now. Thank you so much. Um, I will be posting more on social media, so find us on Instagram and on Twitter. And uh, till next time, thanks for listening. Bye.